0: I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. We watched history on Sunday with Luca. Now the aftermath. Series tied two 2 two, but Vegas says Clippers, 75% chance. Mavs only 25 to advance. Murray scores 50 for Denver. Mitchell says not enough, scoring 51. Utah up three to one, 92% chance to advance. Ravens cut Earl Thomas. They're the second favorite to win the Super Bowl. Vegas says no biggie, but if you look closer, there's some bad signs for the Ravens. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening
1: to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell.
0: you heard it. I'm RJ, live on a Monday, live in Las Vegas, and live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. The kind of nation that has, the kind of basketball day like yesterday, a one for the books. Speaking of a guy that hates the books, Steve Fezzik in studio. Jonas with a well-deserved day off. Fezzik, that means you get more mic time. Uh-oh. <laughs> That could be good, that could be bad. I think generally good for money. How's your win streak doing? Win streak stays at 12. So you haven't had any settlements in weeks? None. Mm-hmm. How, why is that? Well, I made a lot of long-term investments. Mm-hmm, Season mm-hmm. wins. Just so, so have you ever gone this long without... So here's the thing, guys. Literally in front of the world, most of you know, we got a lot of those dedicated listeners... But some guys come in and out. We appreciate you two, just not as much. We just don't. So if you want to be appreciated more, just be more dedicated. It's really that simple. Fez is giving 12 straight winners out. Best bet winners. But sometime, I don't know, six months ago or so, the, the winners started drying up. Now, you could say it was a pandemic, but he had a lot of bets about who's going to host like the 2028 Olympics, <laughs> things like that. We forced him to make a bet. Doesn't look good does not. Uh, That was horrible. The Blazers. The Blazers look tired, RJ. They're just horrible. First, if they're tired after days of rest, that's so funny, right? Is Somehow it's just that they're tired. It's not that you just made a horrible pick. They don't look good. They they never did look good. That's the whole point. You got fooled. You're squarish these days. We can't lie. Speaking of not square but greatness, we're going to move on and talk about the aftermath, but let's just enjoy for a moment – what happened yesterday?
1: Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does. Bang! Thirty footer to win it at the horn. Luka that's
0: I mean, think about that. That guy. Not only it'd be one thing if you just hit that shot. It lead the show. It'd be something people remember. It'd be another thing if you just had that day. Either win the game, lose the game. But you have that day, 43 points, and 18-31 to 31 shooting, so well better than 50%. 17 rebounds. You think if you're shooting that much, how do you get so many rebounds? 13 assists. And they had various computations on this that if you add, you know, say, well, if it's over so many points, then you add everything. This could be perceived as playoffs or regular season the greatest game, or at least the greatest contribution since Chamberlain in 68, I think I heard a stat. So we're talking decades and decades, potentially. Faz just as a fan, then we'll get to the aftermath in Vegas. What was your reaction?
2: No Porzingis, so second-best player is not playing for Dallas. Clippers get up by 20 points in the first half, and I'm thinking, this thing is over. It is over. And that Luca and company, Luca absolutely just took command of this entire game.
0: Okay, so at what point how was the so the closing line uh well let's start with this. Luca also injured ankle. Yes. To the point that there was a it wasn't one of those, oh, Paul George has ice on his shoulder because he had a bad game. This was a to be honest, I think I heard Winhorst over at ESPN said he's never seen an ankle turn like that. This is before the game and the player come back the next game. So the visual on it isn't always totally indicative, but that's a heck of a statement. So this was a serious injury. Now the market assumed there was a chance he'd miss, chance that he'd come back limited. Thus the line would have been, I think, uh, more in the Clippers' favor regardless what was the line before news that Luca was going to play? How did the adjustment happen?
2: The number was right around six and a half, and then it looked like he wasn't going to play. So, so Clippers
0: favored, neutral, Clippers favored,
2: and then the line went as high as Clippers. I saw as minus eight and a half when it looked like Luca was less than likely to play, less likely okay. than fifty
0: percent. So opened up with some uncertainty. It looked like people thought, no, he can't. Like, did you see that angle? No way. Went up to eight, eight. Yes, and then when it was announced he was going to play, down to seven. Okay. So a seven point on a neutral, which means if this were in the Clippers' home court in L.A., it would be like ten and a half even. Yeah. Wow. And even if it were in Dallas, you'd be looking at around five, Mm -hmm. right? A little less. Wow. And then Porzingis... When was that? What was the scenario on that? I for some reason I that was to... earlier.
2: So we found out day of the game, Porzingis wasn't going to play.
0: And uh, another injury?
2: Uh, it's it's his knee. He's had problems with his knee the last couple games.
0: Hmm. You think when you get ejected, you'd have time to rest your knee? Yes. So now that clearly the second, who's the third best player on the Mavs?
2: Maybe Trey Burke. There is no clear third best player.
0: There was no, I mean, that's an interesting point. No one else in the Mavs even moves the needle, right? No, Hardaway doesn't move it. Curry doesn't move it. So just interchangeable, you know, replacement-level NBA players against the Clipper team. Let's not forget this. The Clippers tried very hard to play the Mavs. Yes. This season, the Mavs did not have good luck against the Clippers in the regular season, and the theory is, and it makes sense to me, what are the Clippers best at? Wing defenders. The idea that you got a LeBron type, you know, or a lesser version usually, we can stop you. But, and, and Luca, that's his mold. You know, more of a shooter, but that's the mold. And they got guy after guy. So the theory is, especially with a guy like Luca with such a big usage rate, that you can send fresh guys at him. There was a movie Jeremiah Johnson, Robert Redford did in the early 70s, about this guy who goes up in the mountains just to live. He, <laughs> Indians get mad at him, so they send one Indian at him a day to try to kill him. He keeps killing him, but can only make one mistake. Or, or, or actually, you can't make one mistake. Well, Jeremiah survived. Luka didn't really in the regular season in that the Clippers felt very good about that matchup. Now, how do we know they wanted to play Dallas? Just look at the way they played so hard and given spots against Dallas and at various times when it was like if Dallas would have won, Clippers might have slipped to three, Dallas might have moved up. It seemed obvious, would you agree, Faz, that the Clippers wanted to play the Mavs?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They were very happy with this matchup. I got to tell you, Patrick Beverly, he's only played 10 minutes, and he's a big part of guarding Luka. So that's been a big absence, not having Patrick Beverly and – Looks like he might not be able to play game five. Hold
0: on a second. How many players on a team do you get to actually make— No, it's not funny. How many players in a game or a team do you get that actually is excuse-worthy? Seriously. Because where is Beverly on the list of key players? Now, you could try to say third, but that's BS. Where would you put him? Fifth. Okay. So you lose your fifth-best guy— and that's supposed to be a story. Not here. I mean, it's just BS. It's just newspaper talk. It's people who don't have anything to say. I know that there's stats out there that say, oh, Beverly's so key. Look at him with Beverly and without Beverly. Okay. Well, is Kawhi key? Is Paul oh. George key? So how many people can be that key? Because I tell you this, when the, it's 72 degrees and the wind's blowing six miles from the south, I never lose a bet. It's only happened once, but, you know, every bet I lose, I'll say, you know, if, it, if only that win was blown a little harder, we would have won that thing. It's not, you know, so I get it. Clippers, it's great. They're fooling everyone with it. They're not fooling me. They're, has there, that's the interesting thing. Has there been one game this year that we actually get to judge the Clippers? No. Well, apparently not you. I get to judge him because I don't put up with this crap. You're buying into it on national radio. You got any other excuses you want to make for him? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You do. Paul George has... Oh, so the fact he stinks <laughs> in the, when the pressure's on, that's an excuse for whom? The Clippers? Or he's a Clipper? Go ahead. Well... Well. He's one of the big two, and Paul oh, George... Whoa, whoa. Paul Beverly
2: and him, or Beverly and him? No, no him and Kawhi. Oh, Paul George okay. is supposed to be a primetime player. I thought Beverly player. was so key. He's key to defend. Yeah, I mean, defense.
0: hey, hey, there's some people bring the water in. right? Yeah. That's key, too. Everyone's important. People at Sweep Up are important, Fez. I don't know if you know that. But no radio guy saying, hey, the guy swept up isn't here. I'm having a bad show.
2: Well, we ex- Breathing in dust. We expected Paul George to be. Who's we? I think, The collective what? I think. The collective country
0: thought that he would be a... Isn't the collective country who you're betting against? Yeah. So why does their opinion matter? You think they're dumb, or why would you bet against them?
2: Yeah, but we didn't expect Paul George to be this bad.
0: (sighs) Well, this is my question about Paul George. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. When has Paul George shown us anything else at the playoff level? He hasn't. So we're saying, you know what is just shocking? The Paul George is not doing what he's never done. Let's say that one more time. You know how the Clippers, I, we just couldn't have expected this, Fred. It's just a hypothetical guy, Fred. How, how could this be? Well, what's happening? Well, there's a guy on the Clippers. He's never done something, and he's continuing not to do it. Can you believe it? Is that what you're saying? No. It is what you're saying.
2: Paul George hasn't been average. He hasn't been mediocre. He has
0: been terrible, RJ. Uh Uh-oh, he's got some stats to read. Look at what he's shooting. Three for 14 in game four. Uh, Yeah, we don't need a bunch. He's less than 20% the last three games. He's had 11 points. Is that per game or 11 points? Yeah. Okay, that's good. So it would have been worse if it was like 3.7 per game. So, what's the story? I mean, you're reading from the box score? What do we got? Well, he's shooting 15 times a game. So, you're reading from the box score? And he's making
2: three shots. I mean, he's killing his team on offense.
0: Okay. Agreed. This is like fifth-grade stuff. What's the point?
2: Well, even if if you would have told me what's the worst Paul George would be, I would say making a third of his shots.
0: But let me ask you a question. When did Paul George ever have real pressure on him? Meaning that if you play with— Now, remember, you could look back and I think legitimately say with the Pacers— he had some decent playoff series or whatever, but what was the expectation? What the, think about the people who struggle with pressure. If I had to say to you, Steve, I would say you're not bad with pressure, but I don't think you're particularly good. What causes people to struggle with pressure?
2: they don't face it day in and day out it's, they're out of their routine and then it becomes a snowball
0: effect once things start going wrong i agree with that i think in general pressure is about expectation it might be expectation you put on yourself it might be expectations others put on you but when you're in a empty gym no one expects anything if you're in practice no one really expects anything you know try hard but yeah you miss a few shots when the world's watching When you literally made a big production out of going to L.A., forming a super team, all this talk about how bad Dame Lillard is from one group over at your side. A lot of talkers over there. Kwai's the one guy with a ring, two rings, but give him credit. You don't hear a lot of talking from him, though. A lot of talking. Then you have Paul George. Now, you said it. You start to play. You have a bad game. Uh Uh-oh. This is what I was worried about and it feeds upon itself, he's going to have a good game. But here's the question. For all those smarts out there, they're like, well, if you look at the Clippers and say, hmm, they've never really had their team, so they're pretty good otherwise. But when they have their team, who knows how good they're going to be? It's like, well, who knows they're ever going to have their team, one. And number two, most of the players on that team are unproven at the highest level. And when you got a guy, and I mean, here's a quote after – his first playoff game with OKC. This is 2018. Y'all haven't met playoff P yet. Well, maybe we have. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not a, I'm a big fan of betting against him. I don't want to necessarily pay him 30 mil a year. And listen, does when you get to this highest level, intrinsically, you've got to be criticized against the highest level. Paul George is a better basketball player than almost anyone on this planet. But now he's being great. There's a famous story. Before poker blew up, there used to be a guy that was the eighth best hold'em player in the world. That was the assessment. But he used to go broke all the time. And they said, why were you going broke? He goes, I'm playing against the seven best guys every night. (laughs) And it's true. Right? You can walk in. Hey, the guy in your hometown might not even be 75th percentile across the country at something. But if you're the best in town, you're doing all right. Paul George is getting compensated. He has fame around being one of the best players in the world. He doesn't play that way when the chips are down. He might disprove me, but here's what you know for sure. And this is just absolutely true. When someone has never done something, when a group has never done something, anybody, anything, it's usually not likely they will. Now, if they've never had the opportunity, first time you've ever done it, yeah, now they, it's not that they've never done it, they've never had the opportunity. But if you're 0 for 5 at something, yeah, you could be the best ever, and that's bad luck. But odds are you're 0 for 5 for a reason. Paul George has not performed in the playoffs at a high level. Could it be a coincidence? Yes. But look at, and this will be who we talk about next, guys like Murray, guys like Mitchell. They don't have great teams. But if they were the number two, would you really worry about them all that much? You'd think, no, they performed that high when they were the number one. Now they're the number two. We'll talk about it, though, because, man, oh, man, the Jazz are surprising you a lot, feds. We got that and more. Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, well-deserved day off. Steve Fezzik in studio. Coming up, we got, there's some hyperbole out there, perhaps, when it comes to Luca. but a very respected basketball mind went over the top, even beyond hyperbole. We'll listen and assess. Great day to join us. Fez. by the way, NFL preview coming up. The Patriots. What number do you have? The Patriots. 13. So let me do the math. You're saying there's a dozen teams better than the Patriots. Yes. I got a feeling I'm going to be going over the total. Over, I'm guessing. Oh, I can't believe that. Belichick. How many times does Belichick have to bite you in the butt? I'm anxious. You can listen on 225 FSR stations across this coast-to-coast, I like to say. We are the fastest-growing show on the network. Audience has doubled in the last year alone. Thank you so much for that. And as we're showing you just a little smidge of NFL college football should be the best year yet. We got some big plans right here in Las Vegas, 107 degrees on the Strip. No excessive heat warning. That's good. The neon is surging. Okay, Fez, if I had to say in three years who's going to be the best player in the NBA, consensus, is Luka the guy? Yes. So Giannis, it would seem. Giannis nice umpo. Would be the alternative. Why, how's Luka win over that? Over... Rookie of the year last year. He's only 23 years old. Well, every year there's a rookie of the year. Sure. He's 21 years old. The the trend line. Did you know how old he is? 23. 21. Take a gander. You look that up and rest. See if you can figure that out. I'm almost certain. You're right. You're right. All right. Go ahead. So boy, he, he's gonna be so much better than we've we been. He's thought. been
2: playing internationally <laughs> since sixteen. Oh, so, so well that's
0: an excuse, right? You've been you've been watching him internationally and saying he's <laughs> gotta be older than twenty. Because be. you've been watching the feet of the Spanish league or what yeah, exactly.
2: And as good as he was last year, he's so good this year. I just I can't imagine where he's gonna be in three or four more years because Giannis for all his greatness.
0: we know it would be twenty-four twenty-five.
2: You know, Giannis Still doesn't have that outside shot that he trusts. I mean, he threw up an air ball from the free throw line the other day. I just don't trust Giannis's shooting.
0: Hey, research. Can you make sure Giannis actually threw an air ball? Because at <laughs> this point, it's it's hard to know. Now, that's Steve Fazek. I'm RJ Bell. That's two different people. Steve Fazek, RJ Bell. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas, twenty-one. Now, Bill Simmons. A lot of people like Bill Simmons. A lot of people don't. He knows basketball here was him last night talking about Luka and how good he can be I just think from a talent impact standpoint in his age he has a chance to be one of the all-time guys like all time I'm talking LeBron Bird Magic Oscar Robertson Kareem Wilt all these guys because the stuff he's doing has no parallel to anything we've seen in the last 20 years no parallel to anything we've seen in 20 years. Bird. Now, I, I, I like that he had, didn't mention Jordan. Jordan's even at a level above. But everybody at Wilt. Wow. It's, uh, and again, Simmons does not. Well, he's certainly knowledgeable. That's a, He gets excited, but that's one of the great things about sports. You get excited. I think there's an interesting story here, narrative, and I'll just put it out. That's something for us to watch. Now, if you think about European, uh, Eastern Europe type upbringing, oftentimes, not always, there's going to be a, a lot of st- uh, stress, a lot of economic vulnerability, you know, uh, just a fancy ways of saying, if they don't make it in the league, if they don't make it somewhere, they'll be working in a factory if they're lucky kind of mentality. And it seems like that out of that comes some really tough players because the stakes for them from a very young age were high. And if you think about who the other player in the NBA that is 21 or in that age range, Zion. Now you might say, okay, we look at, you know, let's go back and think about Zion's economic upbringing. And. It wasn't great, meaning that there were economic stress in his life. But here's the question: If we draw an analogy to young movie stars or childhood stars, like uh, guy, the kid in the Home Alone movies, those types, right? The Brady Bunch kids. What is the famous reality here, which is those kids often? become troubled adults. Why? Because they are given too much adulthood too soon. They have economic certainty. So what, what do they have to do? They have time to get into trouble. They're not, you know, oftentimes not as focused on the next stage of their life because they've already been a star. And what's really different about the next stage? If anything, maybe their life isn't as exciting, so they do drugs or whatever. And I'm not talking about drugs, but I'm saying, when did Zion pretty much know that his career was set. Right? When he went to Duke and was considered one of the best players in the country, he could have blown out his knee so bad he, you know, maybe couldn't play again. But the odds were well over ninety-five percent that Zion was gonna not have to work a straight job any day in his life. Yes. Maybe even but see that's the thing, Zion. Wasn't even the number one guy going to Duke, so you could have said, well, maybe he only gets drafted 12. He could be like an R.J. Barrett, or he could have been the 28th pick. Or, but even if he were the 28th pick, he never had to work a straight job a day in his life. He never would be punching a clock. And you got to wonder, unless you're one of those rare, rare people that no matter what the economic motivation is, you're going to work so hard no matter what. And that's the minority. That's the smallest group. Other people, I would put myself, I mean, I have a heck of a work drive, but if I had millions in the bank, you know, 50, I'm not sure if I'd work as hard. I want to say I would. My dad's a coal miner. My mom's a school teacher. You know, I've climbed up the ranks. I had that motivation. Without that motivation, I'm not exactly sure what I would do work-wise. It'd be easy to say otherwise, but I'm not sure. When did Zion stop having that motivation? When did, do any pedigreed American player stop having that motive? When I say pedigreed, meaning hmm. the ones that are, you know, it's not necessarily LeBron on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That's the highest level of it. But the top 10 or so players every year coming out of high school, you got the Kobe's that will keep, that work like it's life and death and a lot that won't. In Europe, and oh, by the way, the second best player, or I think the best player today, but one of the two being discussed as the future best player? Guy nice anti umpo. Not American, all right? And I don't know the exact details of his economic upbringing. Mackenzie, take a gander at that. But it is curious that potentially the two guys of the youngster youngsters that we think have the best chance to be the best in the game, non-American players. And it's fascinating because a lot of people in in the years past, when they've talked about, you know, why do black athletes do so well? And, you know, obviously there's a lot of racial overtones and undertones, a lot of the takes where it kind of is trying to be complimentary, but it's really being, no, 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 forget it. I'm not involved in any of that. What I'm talking about is, one of the arguments was, well, they want it more. Why, why did the you know, why were there so many minority boxers? Well, it's that, or you know, in Mexico maybe work in a factory or who knows what, right? And thus you're tough. You're focused. Getting up at five thirty in the morning isn't a big deal because the alternative is so much worse. Sure. And I think that's the case. I think that's the case for a while. You know, I'm guessing and I have no idea. Zion, when he was 14, was probably working as hard as any 14-year-old. But there came a time where he kind of got ordained. He kind of got tapped on the head with the golden chalice, and he wasn't yet an NBA superstar. And how else do you explain fitness being the issue when you look at Embiid? Now, you could say with Embiid, it's like, well, he came from another country, and if you looked at him at Kansas, he was as about in shape as anyone could be. He was he was like a cobra, thin, and I mean, flying. A, looks like fitness is an issue with the Sixers or with Embiid specifically. And isn't it curious that once he gets tapped with the golden, you know, what, what do we call that? What is it when you have like a like this a scepter? Mm. I don't know if that's right. All of a sudden, now the belly starts growing, like almost like the tap has the belly growing. What do you think, Faz?
2: I think you got a lot of merit in what you're saying. Luca, when he rolled that ankle ankle, and you mentioned how severe that I mean, that was a big deal. He's hopping into the locker room. They got a wheelchair out for him to bring him back. He's like, No, 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 I don't need the wheelchair and I'm gonna play. So he guts it out, he comes back onto the court, he plays for like five minutes, and then he says, I, I- can't play anymore game three. And he's like crying, not because he's hurt. He's crying because he wants to be out on the court. I mean, just gutting it out with that ankle injury game three.
0: Actually, we got some sound of how Luca replied when they asked him about the wheelchair. You sound like a fucking <laughs> hippie. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was smoking a palm Mall unfiltered. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. Steve Fezzik over there. I'm R.J. Bow. So Giannis... Son of immigrants from Nigeria to Greece. Parents struggle to find out or to find work in the suburbs of Athens. Oh, the inflation over there. Giannis and brother helped out family selling watches. That sounds like the PR agency with the watches. (laughs) But at least it wasn't like, um, what was that movie in India? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire? Ooh, it's time to go pro. Speaking of the opposite, Brett Brown fired a few hours ago. Quick thought on the Sixers. So let's wrap on the Mavs. They're still underdogs. So, right now, significantly. So, right now, and Fez, you can get the money lines for us, but the percentages say Clippers, 75% chance to advance. Mavs, 25%. What's the money line on the favorite? Clippers, minus 345. Risk, 345 to win 100. Okay. What's the take back on the Mavs? Plus 260. Okay. This feels like the Mavs have some value because there's times when it's like, oh, this team got lucky here, lucky there, and it's a seven-game series. They've won two. How much do you have to reevaluate how good Dallas is relative to the Clippers? So I don't know if you're updating your power ratings every day, but over these four games, Dallas and the Clippers, how much have you upgraded the Mavs? How much have you downgraded the Clippers? Upgraded
2: the Mavs, half a point.
0: Not enough. It's just not. Go ahead. Downgraded the Clippers, half a point. Not enough. So, what do you have then? The net difference between the two with the adjusted lines? Only three points. What do you mean? Only three? That's a lot. Three points. So, how do you account for? You know, you spent a lot of airtime talking about reading the box score, Paul George's box scores. <laughs> There's an online, by the way, if anyone wants them. Um, how do you account for that in the fact you only downgraded the Clippers a half a point? You assume that this is all just a fluke, and aberration? Probably a poor choice on my part. So the interesting question is, if you look at, assume there's just a three-point line the next three games, what would the money line be? And, and maybe we do that during the commercial, because my gut feeling is the market's saying it's at least three, if not more. Right? Because it's the best two out of three right now. Yes. And so if the teams were even, it'd be even. The idea that we're 75-25 means they're saying the Clippers have a really good chance to win each of these games. I don't see what possibly has shown us that. And Beverly, he's key. When's he due back?
2: Doesn't look good for Game 5. Probably Game 6.
0: Oh, my gosh. So, they, so if they lose Game 5, we won't have anything to even say, really, other than Beverly's gone. <laughs> Hmm. We'll see if Fez has those odds figured out at minus three. But I also want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the potential to get Earl Thomas and what this actually means for the Ravens that he got cut.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: My favorite news reader or uh, news anchor, I think it's fair to say, right, Dan? Yes, it's not like meteorology, you know, when you, uh, you need to have that certificate or that uh, you know meteorologist. But, but, but listen, when say you do it as well reader. as you, you don't need accreditation. It's every time you it, speak, you're accredited. I appreciate that. 20 plus <laughs> years in the game, you know? just uh, Ab- Absolutely. I mean, it's I got to be candid. It's a lost art. I always say it. I love it. And I love the succinctness of it. We get to it and get out because AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup you can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5700 AutoZone locations in store or curbside visit autozone.com today and start your job fast get in the zone AutoZone fast what do we got if it's minus if each game clippers favored by 3 which is your projection based on your odds what would the series price should it be
2: should be about 33% chance for the Mavs to
0: win. So my instincts, just like, boom, as quick as almost an abacus. is <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yes. Now, this assumes Porzingis is going to play. Wow. Which is likely. Really? Who knows? Was he expected to miss game game four?
2: <laughs> it came out that he was out the day of the game.
0: So he wasn't expected yeah. to miss it. So, if you're missing a key game, you know, I mean, I don't have my abacus out. Abacus is date back thousands of years into
2: at least (laughs) the Greek culture.
0: But I don't know, Fez. I don't know. Isn't it interesting that when you are asked a question, you often change your answer, like when the spotlight swings around?
2: I'm just disclosing what the assessment is. Well, no, is. It, it just
0: seems like that you should have said, hey, Porzingis, how much do you count Porzingis as being worth? Two points. You're high. Two points? So he's one of, like, the 18 most valuable players in the NBA? How many players do you have that high? Like, if you look at you got how many listed on your little sheet? Uh, you got a— 24th through 35th is like two points. So you think Porzingis is better? So he's right in that, like, he'd be the best player because there's only 30 teams. So you're saying the Mavs have two of the top, like, 24 players? Yes. And is Porzingis 23? No. Wait, that's Luke.
2: No, he's like (laughs) 31st.
0: He's 31? So you're yeah. saying Luca's 24 and Porzingis Lucas is 31. is Lu- 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 the seventh. There. We're talking about their oh. age. How old is Porzingis? I do not know Porzingis. All right, so you didn't know Luca, but you said it. So let's do this. We're going to do the Patriots when we come back. But I want you right now, without looking at anything, to guess how old Porzingis is. 26. All right, we'll see how old he is when we come back. And the Patriots. Fez says, I'm doubting Belichick. I says, he's insane. We'll talk about it back soon. Straight out of
1: Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Steve Fezzik in studio. Jonas Knox, well-deserved vacation. Fez, let's do your preview. So we've been counting down the NFL teams... And you have the New England Patriots. This is from 32 to 1. Where's the Pats? Number 13. Okay, now we do a forced bet. Now, I thought, man, 13. The Pats, that's saying they're almost an average team. That didn't make any sense to me. You're saying this is pretty much where the market has them. So, you think the line's about right. So, what's the over-under? Win total for the season, 16 games? Over 9, plus money, plus a dollar ten. All right, so a little smidge to the over. But it's nine wins. So if they go nine and seven, the Pats, they meet expectations. They win 10 games, they exceed it. Eight or less, they fall short. What is your fourth pick? Over. Oh. Now, is this a bet? This is just a lean. Small lean. So you think the line's about right? Yes. All right. So let's go through a little differently here. Cam Newton, it's my belief, and I've talked about it at length. The last time he was healthy, first half of 2018, so not last year, but the year before, he was at an MVP level. He really was as good as his MVP season, effectively. He got hurt after eight games, played some more, but was hobbled, stopped running the ball, all the things that make Cam Cam when he's at his best. Now, last year, played two games, was hurt. If you look at the last eight games of 18, you look at the two games in 19, you say Cam's no good. He got old. All that talking finally caused the problem. But if you say, hey, when you're injured, you're by definition limited And the last time he was healthy, he was great. Well, if he's healthy, he's going to be great. Where do you come down on that? Yeah, you know,
2: and this was yours. I got to give you credit here, RJ. I'm on your side. That first eight games, not only was he as good as he was during his MVP year, he was actually better from just a pure QBR basis, 64 versus 61 and a half. So if Cam is able to play at that level... Certainly, we would expect he's going to be as good as Brady, who I have as
0: my number 19 quarterback. So you're saying that Cam is likely to be better than Brady. The win total is only nine. Why don't you have it over? This seems like a no-brain. I think the win total of nine would have made sense with Stidham. How does it make sense here? You got a minute.
2: All the key losses for New England on defense Oh, Lord. Go ahead. So, you, I mean, these are important guys. Linebackers Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Hightower Ops out. On the linebacker and on the defensive line, they had significant, significant losses. Now, the good news is New England's replacing them internally. So, this isn't a, a matter of continuity. These guys have been playing for New England for the most part. The problem is it is a big step down in talent.
0: Yeah, but that's the question. is By definition, there's replacement players. Repl- replacement players mean... This player is a typical NFL player. You get another typical NFL player, you're going to be fine. Other than Hightower, who's getting older, I'm not sure how many of these players are really that big. The ones that left are really that big of a drop-off. So we'll have a chance to talk this through. You lean towards the over nine. I like over nine even more. In Belichick, we trust AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it. With their free same-day pickup, you can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today. Start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Tomorrow, I'm going to try to talk Fez coming in, right? Or otherwise, I'd be monologuing here, which would be interesting but not great for you. We love you. Talk to you then.